0: Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Madeline Hewitt.
2: And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and I'm so happy to be on the show today. And we're also just so pleased that you could join us for our amazing topic today. We'll be talking about salt today. So not the kind of salt that you put on the roads when it's icy, not any of that. But we're going to be talking about the table salt that you put on your food. And I'm just betting that you're thinking that you've heard for a long time and you're still hearing today that salt is not healthy for us to be eating. And I think that everywhere we turn, if we look at any sort of health guidelines, it says that people should cut down on fat and cut down on salt and cut down on sugar. And um, we hear over and over that salt is unhealthy and that we hear we should try to decrease the salt that we get in our diets. And this would especially be people who are working with high blood pressure or people who have congestive heart failure. So this would include a lot of people and especially elderly people. And if you have those conditions... Pretty much for sure you would be told in the doctor's office to not salt your food and also to look at the foods that you're eating and check for the sodium content and avoid foods that have sodium in them. And I'm just wondering if anybody out there has ever looked at a package of frozen green peas because green peas, just even once they're not processed and they're not in the can with salt, but they're just the green peas, they actually just have sodium and so do other vegetables. And I happen to know of a number of elderly people who are diagnosed with congestive heart failure that um, they avoid those vegetables because they have sodium in them. Now, what is wrong with this picture? Let's return to our physical bodies and just see what we already know that happens in our bodies. One thing is that we know that sodium, chloride, magnesium, calcium, and a whole host of minerals is necessary for a huge variety of reasons. And when we have abundant minerals in our body, that assists our health in each and every one of our cell membranes. And so if we think again about that we have these trillions of cells, they all have membranes around them, and when we have a good amount of minerals, that's going to help our cell membranes to be intact and healthy and do what they need to do. And it's important to know that these minerals, the ones I had just mentioned, some examples like the magnesium and chloride and calcium, all minerals, they carry a charge, like they have a plus charge or they have a minus charge. And then we know that some minerals diffuse so diffuse is like they just float across the cell membrane so they can just float in or out and then other minerals are pumped across the cell membrane and some of these minerals are actually best inside of your cells and other minerals do their best work when they're outside of the cell. And your body already knows which ones those are, and it has all kinds of mechanisms to get those minerals inside your cell or outside the cell. It's not something that we need to plan or think about. Your body is just going to automatically do that if they have the minerals that are available. And so when you have the right proportion and the right amount of minerals inside your cells and outside of your cells, then an electrical gradient is formed. And so, what I mean by that is that to be alive, we all must have at least some sort of electrical charge coming across the cell membrane. And once it goes to zero, meaning that there's no electrical charge, then that's kind of just the definition that you're dead at that point. And when the electrical charge is just a little bit off, then your health definitely suffers and your nerves and your muscles don't fire properly, now, that would be as if, if the electrical charge is a little bit off. When your electrical charge gets quite a bit outside of the optimal range, then you'll have even more trouble with nerve and muscle firing. So thinking about maybe seizures, heart arrhythmias or abnormal rhythms in the heart, movement problems, balance issues, dementia, memory trouble, problems with mood, numbness, problems with circulation, other heart trouble, and more. So we can think of ourselves kind of like a big battery and each of our trillions of cells carries this charge. And so we want to do what we can to optimize that charge or that battery-like effect And one of these things would be to provide enough minerals and enough water for our bodies. And if we have a lack of either the minerals or the water or both, that is going to alter the electrical potential that comes across the cell membrane, and it's going to change the health of your body. So that's something that you can 100% count on. It wouldn't just be, well, that happens to some people, or that's a side effect. No, if if you don't have... The right amount of water in your body or the right amount of minerals definitely the health of your body is going to be suffering <clears throat> now certain minerals we need a lot of and then other ones we only need a tiny amount and the t- the ones we only need a tiny amount are called trace minerals and they're just as important as the big minerals We just need only a tiny amount. And if we're low in the trace minerals, it affects your entire body. So we wouldn't want to minimize the importance of those trace minerals, even though we hardly need any of those. And in fact, there are about 84 or so trace minerals that our bodies need. And the bigger minerals, the ones that we need in larger amounts, would be the ones that we're more familiar with, like sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium, and a few more. But let's look a little bit more carefully at this issue of high blood pressure and sodium. I think we all know that it's been well accepted in the medical field that implementation of a low-salt diet is necessary for people with high blood pressure. But do you know what the research actually says about this? Well, the first studies were done in 1904, and researchers used various animal models. Now, they didn't use humans. They used a variety of animals, and they fed the animals enormously high amounts of refined table salt. It was 10 to 20 times the amount of the salt that the animal would normally have in a healthy diet for them. So here they fed them 10 to 20 times the amount that they should have. And then when they eliminated that excess salt, they found that the animal's blood pressure decreased. So from that, they concluded that, oh, if you go on a low-salt diet, then your blood pressure should go down. So that's where the first um, the first thoughts came, that there was a link between blood pressure and salt. But we can easily see problems with these types of studies. So first... They used the refined salt, and that means salt containing only only sodium and chloride. It wasn't a natural or an unprocessed salt that contains all the minerals. So that was the first problem with the study. And then second, it's unrealistic to give animals this enormous quantity of salt. And then the third problem was that they did this in various animals, but they never actually tested it in humans. They just thought, well, this must happen with humans as well. So, even so, even with those faults of the study, since that time, the medical community has accepted the correlation of salt and high blood pressure, and in fact, in 1979, the Surgeon General issued a report that claimed that salt was the cause of high blood pressure and instituted a program where people should adopt a low-salt diet, So that Surgeon General report was not done off of any sort of recent study. It was done off of those 1904 studies on those animals that were given these huge quantities of salt. And then since that time, further studies were conducted. Um, Some of the authors summarized the findings of about 57 clinical trials that were testing this hypothesis of low-sodium diets and high blood pressure. And what they found in eight of those 57 trials, these were eight of the trials that had um, blacks who had either normal blood pressure or high blood pressure. And they found that the low-salt diet reduced their blood pressure by about 6 millimeters of mercury systolic and 2 millimeters of mercury diastolic. Which, if you measure your blood pressure and know um, any numbers of blood pressure, those would be very, very, very small numbers. So that's an extremely minimal result, and that was compared to people who are eating a diet that was extremely high in salt. And then what these people also found when they looked at these 57 different trials, and so what happens is they get all the different trials that were done, and then they put all of the results together. So some of the other things that they found is that people eating a low-salt diet, that there was a significant increase in cholesterol, LDL, and triglycerides. And not only that, but these people also had increases in these hormones and ones called renin and aldosterone. And those ones, those hormones regulate your mineral excretion in your kidneys. And then they also had increases in norepinephrine. And they didn't see these alterations in the hormones of people that were eating the high salt diet.
1: Wow. Now this sounds like new information that most people probably don't connect low salt or high salt with cholesterol or triglycerides. You know, that's absolutely true. I don't think
2: that this kind of information is really out there, but it was actually found in a number of these 57 of the tri- of the trials that were looking okay. at salt and then high blood pressure. So it was found in a number of these, but it is interesting that none of this information has gotten out to people. And those hormone elevations, They cause an increase in cardiovascular events. And the reason those hormones rise is because a person is eating really low salt. And so that's going to change that whole symphony of hormones in your body because the body actually needs some salt. It needs those minerals, and it's trying to hold on to the salt in the body. And so to hold on to it, it raises up those hormones. It changes what your kidneys are going to excrete. So it makes it so you actually don't excrete any sodium or any potassium, and it holds on to it which you'd go, well, that's a good thing because otherwise you would die. So these are all going to be protective mechanisms that your body has. And um, however... The problems are that they lead to cardiovascular events in people. And so it's kind of interesting to see that on one hand, we go, oh, well, you have high blood pressure, and high blood pressure leads to cardiovascular events. And so you should go on a low salt diet. But the low salt diet actually increases your chance of having more cardiovascular events. So we can see that this is not going to be wise um, information to give people to go on a low salt diet. Now, these authors concluded, after looking at these results of the 57 studies, they concluded that um, putting all those results together from all of those studies, that the low-salt diet did not result in any significant health benefit at all. So we've seen now um, a whole slew of these studies that's that's not really showing any sort of benefit. But then we have more. There's a series of these studies called NHANES studies, N-H-A-N-E-S. And it stands for National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. And these are big studies done by the CDC or the Centers for Disease Control. And they're done every 10 years to analyze thousands of people in the U.S., Who um, And they're looking at a variety of health markers with the NHANES studies. And NHANES NHANES 1 was done in 1973. And that one, there's a lot of different things that it shows, but we're talking about salt and blood pressure here. And so one of the things that NHANES 1 showed was that the best predictors of high blood pressure were low levels of minerals, specifically potassium and calcium. And when they looked further into the data, they found that people that ate diets that had more whole foods like fruits and vegetables and even dairy products, they were associated with lower blood pressure and that they did not see a correlation of a high-sodium diet with high blood pressure. And in fact, they saw the opposite. They saw that low-sodium diets were associated with higher blood pressure as compared to the higher salt diets. Now, that's interesting Mm -hmm. because that's not what we've been hearing here. And then we have the NHANES-3 and NHANES-4 because the NHANES-1 was in 1973. So these other studies collected 1988 and 2002. And these reports showed that a decreased mineral intake were common in people with high blood pressure. So this is very similar to NHANES-1. And they found that a low-salt diet was associated with high blood pressure. So those researchers of the NHANES-3 and 4 concluded that inadequate mineral consumption is the best predictor of high blood pressure. So we can see here that the CDC's own data collected over the last 30 to 40 years shows that low-salt diets are not helpful for high blood pressure, and that, in fact, that they show over and over again that a lack of minerals in the diet is related to the development of high blood pressure. So, it's interesting that we can see here that there's no research data to show that eating a low-salt diet is good for people with high blood pressure, and that we don't see any data to suggest that lowering your sodium intake will reduce your blood pressure. On the other hand, could a low-salt diet actually be harmful for you? And in fact, it appears to be so. In addition to the NHANES data we just discussed, other researchers have found a 400% increase in heart attack in people who are eating a low-salt diet compared to people who are eating a higher-salt diet. Now, I don't know about you, but this kind of data has not found its way into uh, newspapers and the radio Mm -hmm. and magazines. Now, how can we explain that with this higher incidence of cardiovascular events with eating a low-salt diet. Well, low-salt diets, listen to this, everybody, because I know you're experts on this, low-salt diets can raise insulin levels. And we've already talked extensively about insulin levels in the other radio shows. So I know a lot of you are already familiar with what insulin does. But to bring people on the same page, insulin is a hormone that helps you manage your blood sugar. And it's a hormone that rises when you eat a diet that's high in sugar and carbs. And it's a hormone that when it's chronically elevated, it sends a message to every single cell in your body to store fat. High insulin levels create inflammation, including inflammation in the arterial wall, possibly leading to arterial wall damage and cardiac events. Now, this is critical information for those of you who are working on reducing your insulin level. So maybe you've removed sugar and excess carbs from your diet, but your insulin level is staying high. And it could be because you're eating a low-salt diet. This could be a problem for you. And the good news is that it's a very, very easy fix. In addition to raising insulin levels, a low-salt diet can also raise LDL. So here we've seen that studies have absolutely not shown that a low-salt diet is useful for lowering blood pressure, and a low-salt diet is not useful for decreasing cardiovascular disease. In fact, as people have decreased sodium consumption over the last 50 years, we have not seen blood pressures reduce, and instead, high blood pressure and heart disease continue to rise. So, what are we going to do? Should we run out and buy canned and processed foods loaded with salt? Should we actually increase our consumption of these foods now that we know that low salt diets don't provide health benefits? Well, I think we have a break, and when we come back, we're going to just discuss the answer to that question.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
3: Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network
0: Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Galler We'll help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at one 472 5792 That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at nutrition.com. Now back to the show.
1: Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Body Balance Talk and I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. And we were just talking
2: about maybe we should all run to the store and get big bags of potato chips that are loaded (laughs) with salt because we've just been learning not eating a low salt diet is not beneficial for people and we were thinking about that over the break and we're wondering what you think is that is that the conclusion here that we should run right out and eat a lot of that processed food with salt and we know that you already know the answer and that of course the answer is no and what all these studies had in common was that they use regular processed table salt and that regular processed table salt really is reduced down to only two minerals sodium and chloride And that what they did not use is unprocessed whole salt containing a full complement of minerals. And this refined salt, that that would be the white salt that's in the salt shaker that um, just comes right out of those holes of the salt shaker that you have on restaurant tables and probably you have at home. That has all the minerals. All. All the minerals except for sodium and chloride stripped away And it also has a few other added ingredients, and up to 2% of refined salt is actually made of these things, ferrocyanide, aluminum silicate, and dextrose, or sugar. So you've got some nice little toxic ingredients added, and even though it's 2%, um, your body definitely still sees that when you're eating that sort of salt. And when your body sees that type of salt, it, it does not recognize it as something healthy and it doesn't recognize it as something that's useful for your body's health. And instead, your body sees that type of salt as a toxin. And when toxins enter your body, some of the toxins are shuffled off into your fat cells and some toxins go through your liver to be transformed and excreted. And table salt, as it flows through your bloodstream, it's seen as a toxin and it gets diluted. And we have a special rhyme here at the studio and here it is. The solution to pollution is dilution. And so what happens here is that your body holds on to water to dilute the salt. So let's just back up a little bit. You did decide I'm going to go out and get some nice um, canned chicken soup that's loaded with sodium, and that's going to be the table salt that's in there. Your body sees that as a toxin, and so any water that you drink, it's going to want to hold on to water to dilute that salt, and what you're going to notice is you get kind of puffy and bloated, and you can feel it. like you're, If you have rings on your fingers, they start to get kind of uh, real Tight, And if you're wearing shoes, the shoes start getting really tight, maybe your toes and your feet look puffy. And even some people's legs, if you stick your fingers into your legs, and then um, the fingerprints actually stick and they stay white, that's not going to be a real good sign. So that's a sign of puffiness and bloatedness. And if you keep drinking water, you just keep getting puffier, you kind of blow up a little bit like a balloon until finally you eliminate all that out through your kidneys. If you drink enough water, it'll finally exit your body. But it doesn't really exit your body if you just keep eating that salt. It's just, you're going to stay with the puffiness and the bloating. And your body does not recognize this type of salt as something that it wants to incorporate as good nutrients for health. And that's why it's diluting it and trying to get it out of your body. And so this can explain why maybe people had the idea that a diet high in salt aggravates high blood pressure and makes congestive heart failure worse. Because the salt is seen as a toxin and so it can make a person retain a certain amount of water, aggravating certain medical conditions. Now, it's an entirely whole different story with unrefined or unprocessed salts. And so what we want to do here is put these things in two different categories. It's a little bit like thinking about beef. We toss it into one and say red meat's bad for people, so let's not eat red meat anymore. But what we're talking about is corn-fed toxic beef so as opposed to grass-fed beef. So we think of grass-fed beef in one bucket and then corn-fed beef in the other bucket, and they're completely different foods. So if you think about that with the unrefined, unprocessed salt versus table salt—two completely different things. I don't even want to call one of them a food. <coughs> now, the unprocessed salt—it comes with a full complement of minerals. The 84 or so trace minerals that I was speaking about earlier, it actually comes with about 84 total minerals and most of those are trace and then there's a handful of them that are the bigger type of minerals. And this is kind of a cool thing is that the salt also contains moisture. That's why it doesn't flow easily through the holes in the salt shaker. So if you happen to get some of the unprocessed salt and the kind that's finely grown and stick it into your salt shaker, it's not going to come through those holes very well. And we're going to learn a little bit more about this importance of moisture. But one thing I want to point out is some people say, well, why don't you just put some of this rice in with the salt? Well, that rice is going to actually suck the moisture out of the salt. And what we're going to learn in a moment, you don't, you actually don't want to do that. So the moisture in the salt is actually something that's very, very beneficial. And we don't want to suck it out with rice or any other type of thing, a desiccant, something that's going to dry it out. So don't, and don't put it in the oven to dry out your salt. That moisture in it is going to be good. And in fact, unprocessed salt is about 14% moisture, And refined processed salt contains Zippo, zero, no moisture at all. So there's a big difference there. The moisture is in a special formulation called a fluid inclusion that forms inside the salt crystal. And a fluid inclusion is simply a fluid-filled small cave inside the salt crystal it's found that these fluid-filled inclusions or caves contain up to 35 times more magnesium and potassium than the seawater itself, where salt came from in the very first place. Now, when, that's a benefit to have all that magnesium and potassium in those fluid inclusions. So when you think of that moisture in the salt, we actually want to have that in there. And you can just picture that salt in these little tiny cubes because it's in this crystalline structure of kind of like a cubicle structure and then there's this little cave of moisture inside there that's carrying a big amount of magnesium and potassium and I know there's some of you out there that are going to go oh a big amount that's hardly any milligrams but when it's in this form and it gets ionized like this your body actually sees it as something that's very very significant so it doesn't matter that overall it still is a tiny amount it's actually significant by the time it gets into your body (coughs) now (coughs) When you refine the salt, it removes all of the moisture, 100% of it. So all those little caves containing the higher amounts of magnesium and potassium disappear in this processing unrefined salt is nothing, 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 nothing like the refined regular table salt. So we can see that one big difference is the wide array of minerals contained in the unrefined salt and another big difference is the 14% or so of moisture content that contains even more potassium and magnesium. And remember those earlier those studies, those NHANES studies that showed that the biggest predictor of high blood pressure is low minerals and they pointed out these these particular minerals um, in particular low potassium and magnesium and in fact just this difference in minerals is what makes unrefined salt a food of health rather than a poison. So again, this is very similar. Grass-fed beef is a food of health, and the corn-fed beef is actually a poison to your body. And in this case, that unrefined table salt (coughs) can be seen and is a poison to your body. It's nothing your body can actually use for any sort of benefit whatsoever. And the natural unrefined, unprocessed salt is a food of health. Now, when your body sees unrefined salt with all these minerals appearing all together at once, it sees it as a food, as nutrients, as something useful and healthy for your body. And remember our discussion about cell membranes and the electrical charge? Well, your body actually uses these minerals and the unrefined salt to maintain that electrical charge coming across your trillions of cell membranes in your body. And what your body doesn't do is treat the unrefined salt as a poison and dilute it to get it removed rapidly from your body. So two completely different processes when you put unrefined salt in your mouth or you put refined salt in your mouth. One gets diluted and you get all bloated. The other one actually adds to the electrical charge across your cell membranes. And what an amazing difference. One food is plentiful with minerals and the other is a toxin. So I'm ho- I'm, I know I'm saying this over and over, but I'm hoping that the message really gets across to people because this is critical for your health. How would your health be different if you completely switched away from refined processed salt or the toxin salt and switched to 100% unrefined, unprocessed salt?
1: Well, I've noticed that my health has definitely improved since I've switched. And I can tell a really big difference if I happen to have some regular table salt at a restaurant or at somebody else's house, if it slips into my food, I can tell pretty much instantly that I start feeling puffy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're not alone with that.
2: And we we have a lot of the clients we work with, well, anybody that we're working with one-on-one or in the classes is using this. And what people report on a regular basis is it seems to be about three pounds, seems to be the number of pounds and what I mean by that is when people switch over to the unrefined salt they seem to just magically lose three pounds and it's it's three pounds of this excess bloat and then if you do what Madeline mentioned you happen to go out to eat or eat somewhere where you you didn't know that that salt was in your food overnight somebody will gain three pounds and that's going to be that three pounds of bloat, and I don't know why, but three seems to three pounds seems to be the number for people. But if you imagine three pounds of just excess water on your body, uh, that's that's a burden for people, and you look and feel different. Now, here at the studio, we use what's called the original Himalayan crystal salt. And, of course, it's unrefined and unprocessed, and it contains both sodium and chloride, of course it does, and those 82 additional minerals. And this salt is different than something that would just be called sea salt. And the similarities of sea salt and Himalayan salt are that both the sea salt and the Himalayan salt um, both carry the minerals. And I'm just going to back up here a bit. Um, sea salt is one of these kind of generic terms that can mean a whole lot of things. All the way from you could actually get a quite high quality sea salt. And that might be a, a good salt. But there are lots of sea salts that actually aren't sea salt at all. And it just says that on the container and it's actually just your regular table salt, and then you have everything in between. So there's many, many, many different salts that are labeled as sea salt, and you really get what you pay for, and you want you want to search out the company. What we found is that the original Himalayan crystal salt is consistently the best salt where people get the best results, and that's why we recommend the salt, and this is why we use this salt ourselves. But um, let's say that there actually was a good quality sea salt that was actually from the sea. Um, and then it would it would contain all of these minerals as well. So that would be the good part. If you say, well, I've been using sea salt. So that's going to be a major step up to use sea salt if you've been using the t- regular table salt. So there's going to be a big difference there just because those minerals. And so it would be similar to Himalayan salt in that way because of those minerals. But the Himalayan crystal salt, where this comes from is from the ancient Himalayan sea that dried up tens of thousands of years ago. So what we're talking about with the original Himalayan crystal salt is not not salt that you might get from the Himalayas, that those are now mountains, and there's lots of Um, water streams and all kinds of things going on in those mountains and you could get water from those streams and distill it off and then you can call that Himalayan salt. And that may be of some high quality. That's not what we're talking about with the original Himalayan crystal salt. We're talking about the ancient sea that dried up tens of thousands of years ago. And subsequently, those salt crystals have been preserved in a non-toxic environment, because think of it, tens of thousands of years ago, how many environmental toxins did we have at the time? We didn't have those. And so that Mm -hmm. dried up, and it's in these big salt caves underneath the ground and it's been there for thousands of years and so one of the huge benefits is that it actually doesn't have any of these environmental toxins that we can get from the sea and from the air at this point in time the other thing that's happened over there is that those salt crystals have been compressed for thousands of years and that the compression has led to a special crystalline formation of the sea the salt and sea salt doesn't have that. It wasn't compressed at any time. So there's you, we can't just say, well, sea salt or this original Himalayan crystal salt is the same because it's not. It doesn't have the compression. It doesn't have the lack of toxins, and um, it doesn't have this special crystalline structure from the ha- from the cr- compression. And so it's this sp- special crystal structure that gives the Himalayan salt the added benefit. And we suggest people completely get rid of any sources of regular table salt. So if you have it, just throw it, throw it away. Although sea salt is going to be a major step up from processed salt, we find that people actually notice the difference with the Himalayan salt over their sea salt. And so remember, the seas are polluted. So if you're getting sea salt, that carries those pollutants. It either carries them or if it doesn't, it means that the sea salt was cleaned and then it was processed. So either one of those choices is not going to be beneficial for you. And definitely it's true that some sea salts are going to be higher quality than others. But how you're going to know for sure, if you, if you go, I'm going to use sea salt anyway. If you buy something that's super cheap, you, remember you really get what you pay for. And so we don't think that salt is something that people should skimp on especially when you could pay about $30 for a box of salt that lasts you an entire year. So even though that would be called expensive salt, it's really not a very expensive product when you notice how long it lasts and how it dramatically improves your health. Now, when you dissolve the Himalayan crystal salt in water, this is kind of cool. The minerals actually become ionized. And what that means is... An ion is an individual atom or a group of atoms and they carry a charge, that plus or a minus charge. And remember that the Himalayan salt contains 84 minerals. So when you dissolve it in water, you get a very powerful solution containing the full spectrum of ionized minerals and so they form what's called complex ions which are a charged complex meaning that they hold an electrical potential so that's different than if you just eat the salt eating the salt is going to be good because you're going to have your vegetables and your meat and you're going to want to have salt and you put that on and that's going to be beneficial for your body but what we're seeing here is that when you actually dissolve the salt in water those minerals become ionized and Most minerals that you get from other sources, like if you're eating vegetables or taking mineral supplements, those are not in the ionized form. And even minerals that are in the water that you drink, those are usually not ionized. And they're often too large to be assimilated or taken up by your cells. And The 84 minerals in the original Himalayan crystal salt, they're exceptionally small. They're about one angstrom or less. That's a measure is an angstrom, tiny, tiny. And so when they're ionized, they're easily, easily taken up by your cells. And the importance of that is that once the minerals are taken up by your cells, they become immediately available as energy. So again, For you to benefit from the minerals you take in, say from supplements or from the food you eat, they must be extremely small. And mineral size its measured in these angstroms. So if you look at the side of a piece of paper, that's actually a million angstroms thick. And so what we're talking about is these ionized minerals in the Himalayan salt dissolved in water. Are less than one angstrom. So, well, that's, let's,
1: let's let's keep talking about this after our break. So we'll be back in a minute.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
3: How is your health?
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to info at com. Now back to the show.
1: Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm Lucy, along with Madeline and Jeannie. Jeannie, let's continue our talk. We were talking about these ionized minerals and
2: that when you take this Himalayan crystal salt and dissolve it into water, all of those 84 minerals ionize. And why that's significant is because they're these tiny, tiny little ions, one angstrom or less in size and when the when the ions are so tiny like that that's what enables your cells to just rapidly take up these minerals so if we just flash back a little bit to um to the, to the table salt. That's not what happens with table salt. Your body actually doesn't take those minerals and bring them right into the cell. So this is where we can see why this is important to choose better salt. And one of the reasons um, why we want to actually dissolve the salt and water, and we'll get a little bit more into this dissolving the salt and water in just a few minutes. But knowing that when you're eating foods and you're taking supplements, like say you go, Why well, take magnesium. Those, those minerals are actually very, very, very much larger than this dissolved salt in water. And it's not that they're not useful for your body. They are, but it's a much more cumbersome pro- um, process for your body to, lo- to use that. And so your blood will eventually absorb those larger minerals, and it certainly does good for your body. But when the minerals the size of one angstrom get into your body the cells rapidly take those minerals up into the cells and it's the minerals that get inside of your cells that give you the most health benefits and it's important to notice that your body is composed almost entirely of minerals and water and it's the hydrogen molecules that you get in your water that you drink that help remove discarded used energy and without replacement of the water in your body Your cells die and then you don't have good health. And in the same manner, you must replace the essential trace minerals on a regular basis in the correct water-soluble ionic form. And if it doesn't happen like that, your cells start to malfunction and they become weak and the cells become diseased and then the cells can even die. So we can think of it like this. The slow degeneration and bad health of our society can actually be directly linked to the lack of minerals in our food. And regeneration is what we all want and what we all need. And so here we're learning that salt has a tremendous ability to transform and it has this amazing unique property to it. The atomic structure of crystal and salt is electrical. And that's why it can transform, because the salt can give up or surrender its material structure and transform into something electrical or ions. So again, when we dissolve the salt in the water, the minerals that are hidden inside the cubicle form of the structure of the salt, they're released as ions, both positive and negative ions, resulting in a supercharged potion of ionized minerals. So what we're talking about here is a solution of the Himalayan salt and water. And it's called Sole. S-O-L-E. And it's something that everyone can make and use and get the amazing benefits from. Today, it's August 1st. And every month here in the studio, we introduce a challenge for everybody at the studio and even a challenge for you and anybody who wants to join us in this and for this month, our challenge is to make the sole and take one teaspoon of it in a glass of water on an empty stomach every morning for the month of August. And then hopefully you continue really for the rest of your life. But we just have that initial goal of just for the month of August, we try something new. Now, many of us have been doing this already for years, and we wouldn't think of stopping our practice of it. And we know that you're going to feel and see a difference in your health. And you may notice a difference in the first few minutes after taking the Sole, or you might notice a gradual improvement of your health. So let's go over how you would do this. To make the Sole, which is a super saturated solution of Himalayan salt, start with a glass jar with a lid. It's best to use a squatty shaped jar and not a tall skinny one because you'll need to be able to easily dip a plastic teaspoon into the jar every morning. And if you can find a glass lid instead of a metal one, that's going to be even better. So to start, take uh, the original Himalayan crystal salt stones. So this comes in three varieties. You can get the big stones, you can get coarse ground, or finely ground. For this, you're going to need the stones. Place about an inch of those stones down in the bottom of the glass jar, then go ahead and add two or three or maybe four inches of good quality spring water. So this is something, uh, you don't want unfiltered tap water. So filtered water, some sort of good quality water. It could even be distilled water for sure. And completely cover those stones. Let it sit overnight and then go and look at what you have have the next day. And if all the salt crystals have dissolved, add a few more salt crystals to the water. And you're going to know your sole is ready when the water becomes fully saturated with salt and it can't handle any more salt in the water. So you'll see that the salt will no longer dissolve. The big stones are not going to dissolve anymore. And so if you look at the sole, it should look like water on the top and then stones on the bottom. There should always be those salt stones in the jar. Now, that's going to be your proof that the water is totally saturated with the salt. So, once you've got that done, that should maybe take about a full 48 hours to have that whole process happen. Then, to take the sole every morning before eating or drinking anything, add one teaspoon, not a tablespoon, one teaspoon of the sole to a glass of filtered clean water and drink it down. And what happens is your body is receiving the energetic vibration pattern of the dissolved crystal salt. And it's gonna hold that for 24 hours. Now, it's important to allow the solay to pass through your stomach and into your body, say for 15 to 30 minutes before you eat. And it's also recommended not to drink coffee or caffeinated tea during this period. Allow the soleil to get into your cells and do its job. Now, if you're somebody that doesn't notice any benefits from the soleil, it could be because you're drinking coffee while the soleil is still in your stomach. So you don't want to be doing that. Keep your soleil container covered and sitting quietly on your countertop and not go and shake it up or vibrate it. It'll keep forever. Don't worry if you forget or you don't use it and all of a sudden a month or two goes by. It's not going to spoil. As salt is a natural antibacterial and a natural fungicide. It simply, it cannot spoil or go bad. Now, That you've started taking the Soleil, what kind of benefits could you expect? And this is going to be great news for everybody. So now once you're giving your body these 84 ionized minerals that are easily taken up inside your cells, you're going to notice a lot happening. And since most of us are mineral deficient, this is a great benefit of added intracellular nutrition. Just from having improved mineral status at the cellular level, you're going to notice an improvement in various health problems that you've been struggling with. So, like what? Well, one, Soleil helps your body get rid of excess acid. And most of us are far too acidic. And it leads to numerous health problems. One of those being bone mineral density problems or osteoporosis. So, when people have bodies that are acidic, that leads to leaching minerals from your bones. So, your body doesn't want to be acidic. So, it takes some minerals out of your bones so that you're not so acidic. And then, now you have decreased bone density or osteoporosis. So, simply by reducing that acid state in your blood, that helps your bones to stay mineralized. Now, the Soleil can also help to normalize your blood pressure. So, for people who are dealing with high blood pressure and been told to avoid salt... You'll find that by taking the soleil and eating the Himalayan salt and getting rid of table salt, your blood pressure will not rise. And in fact, it's highly likely that you'll start to see it normalize as you add these minerals to your body. (coughs) Now, the soleil can do many, many, many other things. And one of them is it helps you to dissolve various sediments. You have these sediments in your body, and it leads to things like gallstones and kidney stones and arthritis. People with food cravings and other addictions, the Sole can actually help you with those. And Sole can help clear your skin up. <clears throat> Soleil is also detoxifying in a very mild way. <clears throat> so you're not going to find that when you take the Soleil, you're getting these great big detox reactions you're actually going to start to feel better and it's a mild detoxification. And what it does is it helps your body get rid of heavy metals. Metals such as lead, cadmium, mercury, arsenic, and even excess calcium. That's that excess sediment that can form and create trouble with the kidney stones and um, other things like uh, arthritis. Soleil can also be effective In regulating and stabilizing abnormal heart rhythms. So people who are having problems with uh, kind of like a racing heart or you feel like your heart skips beats or something more severe like you actually have arrhythmias, taking the Soleil can help that and can possibly even eliminate that. And so this might sound like this is some sort of magic potion that just is um, kind of magic. But as we go back to this, this is really just adding water and adding minerals to your body so that your body can heal itself and work properly.
1: And what's so interesting to me is that I don't really know if I've noticed these really specific benefits from the Soleil. I I have a lot of those Mm -hmm. benefits, but I'm not sure what they're from. But I notice every single time I take the Soleil in the morning, I just feel really good. And I really like to take it. It's not that I like the taste of it so much, but I just feel great. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: And you, being a young person, you're probably not going to notice that you have arrhythmias because you probably don't have those. And you probably don't have osteoporosis and you don't have high blood pressure. These are things that... um, that older people usually experience and 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 they take years and years and years to develop and these are things that you don't feel so people don't feel high blood pressure and they don't feel bone density problems and sometimes uh, usually you feel arrhythmias but they can um be unnoticed for a long time and so you'll notice that um Some of these things you don't really notice clearing up, but what's happening for somebody who is a young person is you're preventing these problems from starting as you age. Other benefits are that Soleil helps your nerve and muscle cell transmission and information processing. So you might notice a decrease or elimination in muscle cramps. You might be thinking better, have better cognition, and better muscle and fascia quality. So if you're somebody that goes to the massage therapist, and sometimes they really don't tell you things like this, but a massage therapist might tell you, you know, I can see that your tissue really isn't hydrated well. This is what we're talking about here. Your tissue actually gets dehydrated and it feels kind of like Uh, When you touch your leg, it's um, wood rather than that it springs back and that it's, um, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but um, it's a quality that people's tissue have. And that will improve with people that have good hydration and good uh, mineral content. Soleil also helps your digestion by helping you to actually absorb your food better And it helps with excess mucus and phlegm, especially for people with cystic fibrosis and asthma. It's also a strong antihistamine, so this is good news for people who suffer with allergies. Now, it can help prevent gout. So that goes back to helping your body get rid of these excess sediments, and it helps prevent gout. And listen to this, it's very important for people who want to prevent varicose veins and spider veins on your legs. So this, is, this can be motivational for a lot of people. And to me, this is very exciting news. And mm-hmm. it's something as simple as adding the super high quality salt to our diets that can have this dramatic effect on our bodies. And not only that, but it tastes amazing. So if anybody's thinking, oh, I bet that Himalayan salt tastes awful, it actually doesn't. Either you don't notice the difference or most people notice that it actually tastes better. And many chefs use Himalayan salt in their foods just because it actually tastes better uh, for the food. And so, remember, it's just because we're giving our bodies the building blocks of what it needs to function, that we're electric bodies. We have these reactions happening billions of times per second and we have trillions of cells that need an intact cell membrane so we can hold this electrical charge that so we're like batteries. And it's the water and the ionized minerals that help our bodies keep this electricity going. And the simple, simple, simple salt solution can help us with that. So get your glass jar, get your Himalayan crystal salt stones, and make your Soleil. And throw out any other salt you have at home and carry the Himalayan salt in your purse to restaurants and traveling and use it and then watch your health improve and email us with
1: your results. Well, thank you everybody for listening to Body Balance Talk. This was such an interesting show. I hope you enjoyed it. You can visit our blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com for lots of recipes, but we have a video on how to make the soleil so you can even watch how it's made and you can comment on there. I'm Lucy, along with Madeline and Jeannie, and that's our show.
0: Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.